Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. (laughs) I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Now, here's your host for Golf in the Northwest, Jason Swigard. And a fine good morning to you all. Welcome to April. It's, uh, it's time to go play, quite frankly. Even you will. No, you can't make me. You know what? Unless you have, like, a veggie burger sitting near, like, the start of a golf course. I can make that happen. To, like, lure me there. It's like, hey, what yeah, are these little, clubs doing here? A little beyond, little beyond, little uh, beyond burger. burger. Yeah, Just we can make fries. that happen. Look, I played with my father yesterday. So uh, people that have known uh, my father just a little over a year ago had a heart attack. I had to drop everything, go to New Mexico, uh, fish him out of the desert, and bring him home. Fortunately, it was uh, not massive uh and uh, he was able to recover and he's back home with us now and you know everything looks good one year out but he uh he needed something now to occupy his time since he could not uh, go around the countryside in his rv and you know being curious as former science teachers are about our land Mm. uh and so he decided you know what i want to pick up golf i want to do something active he had played very young. His stepfather uh, taught him the game at Corvallis Country Club. He continued to play in all sorts of levels of flights of senior tournaments. Until if you've was, got a young golfer in the family. Yeah, a young golfer. Yeah, he was just a young boy down in Corvallis. Uh, and so, yeah, so last summer after he's starting to recoup and starting to, you know, they say you need to do physical activity that's not overly strenuous okay, let's go play golf. So we found him some clubs. And so, yes. So yesterday I went down there at Summerfield, played nine holes with pops. First time he's played in, I don't know, close to 50 years. So you too can pick up the game, my friend. Well, one Luke Anderson has tried to convince me, but he also dissuaded me from it by saying that there was a rule about if you were a man and you didn't hit past the ladies tee, you would have to go Donald Duck. Uh, that's an old wives' tale, and it really depends. Well, I was told it's true. Uh, it, it, yes, 
And there were texters on the but, text line who were like, yeah, it's yeah. a dead serious rule. Uh, it just depends on the venue you're at. Now, when you're at Summerfield, which is in a 55 and over community, that's not anything anybody wants to see. <laughs> so says you. Well, nor do I. Yeah, there's there's a lot of houses uh, right there along. They, they don't want to see that. You Trust don't know me. what people like. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I certainly don't want to see it. So, so anyway, so yeah, so Pops is playing golf after 45 years. So, uh, so you two can pick up the clubs. Let's get after it. Uh, the weather warming up. Hopefully it starts drying up and, uh, people can start getting out there getting after it. Boy, my short game needs a lot of work as it's been dormant during basketball season, but basketball season comes to an end this weekend for everybody. Uh, it's been over for months for Blazer fans, but the college hoops is done here this weekend. And uh, time to get out there. Busy, ambitious show. Fortunately, I have two great guests. Amy Rogers from Golf Channel is down. Uh, she's uh, on course coverage doing interviews for Golf Channel, uh, the first major of the LPGA season. And a bittersweet one, uh, the final time they will play at Mission Hills Country Club in Rancho Mirage, California. That is now the Chevron Championship. Uh, it, for years, was the Dinosaur Nabisco. Um but they will say goodbye to Rancho Mirage after 51 years, 40 years as a major playing there. And so we'll get her thoughts on the tournament uh, itself this week. Uh, a great leaderboard going on as well as uh, some of the uh, the history, the nostalgia, uh, the memories there. And what Chevron coming in, uh, moving this to Texas, uh, can do to enhance it moving down the road. Uh, and then Bob Herrig, longtime golf writer. Uh, he was at ESPN for years. He's now at SI.com. But his book on Tiger and Phil, uh, golf's most fascinating rivalry, is out, uh, available at Amazon. He's going to join us at 830, uh, talk about uh, the book itself, their rivalry, uh, what's the next iteration now, uh, and still see if he knows anything. He's still covering <laughs> golf actively. So, Everybody wants to know, is Tiger actually going to tee it up on Thursday at Augusta? He hasn't pulled his name out. He was there last week with his son playing a practice round. We'll see what he uh, thinks and what he knows and when we might see Phil again, who's not playing uh, after his uh, calamitous PR stunts uh, earlier this year uh, with that uh, LIV golf, uh, trying to come up with the rival league and his involvement with it. When's he going to come back? Because he's the defending PGA champion. That's in May. So here we go. Uh, so lots to get to. We'll give a little preview of the Masters uh, at the end of the show, who I'm looking at, what I'm keeping track of, uh, what some of the uh, betting lines are for you if you're interested in that sort of thing. So uh, without further ado, let's go inside the ropes. It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards, the latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest. Four tours we are tracking uh, today. There is uh, also the women's national augusta national women's amateur going on uh that is on golf channel right now three players uh, at even par and uh but if you want to get a look at the uh the next big names coming uh from youth women's golf either through the collegiate ranks or the uh the juniors uh it's always a great event there fortunately the weather cooperating today was uh, causing problems earlier in the week in the first two rounds but we'll start with the Corn Ferry Tour. They are in Savannah, Georgia for the Club Car Championship playing the Landings Club. 
And Eric Barnes is your leader, a bogey-free 65 on Friday. He's got a two-shot lead at 13 under par over Mark Anderson. And uh, Eric Barnes is another one of those uh, those great stories uh, of somebody who just loves golf, trying to make it on the tour. He's been on the Corn Ferry Tour since 2015, uh, but never able to finish in the top 25 to get his card. Uh, but he is in position. He's already had three top 10s this season. He's in top 15, but a victory would put him at number two this week and uh, an opportunity then for him to finally uh, fulfill his dream and get to the PGA Tour. So he's got a two-shot lead there and looking for his first uh, ever Corn Ferry Tour victory. And uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Our boy Scott Harrington did not make the cut this week. Uh, finished, uh, had a disappointing finish. He was up there in the top 10 uh, through two rounds and then uh, could not find the, the answer coming down the stretch last week. So he's in 26th spot right now in the points race. Uh, so uh, hopefully as uh, the season gets going, he'll be able to uh, get another top 10, maybe get that elusive victory there, put himself back in contention to get back on the PGA Tour. The Champions Tour is in coastal Mississippi for the Rapiscan Systems Classic at the Grand Bear Golf Club, fifth of 27 events this season. Tim Heron, Padraig Harrington, your leaders at five under par. Stephen Ames, David McKenzie at four under. And Padraig Harrington, he is uh, he's in the field of the Masters, and so uh, he's trying to tee it up. Get him get his game in shape. Uh, 90 players right now qualified for the field uh, that are still in the field. Of course, everybody waiting for Tiger Woods. There could be one more added on the PGA Tour, and that is if a player not currently qualified wins this week. The Valero Texas Open, TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course. Ryan Palmer with a uh, beautiful 66 to take the lead. He is qualified in the field. He is at 10 under par, two shots clear of Kevin Chappell and Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar making his 500th PGA start. Uh, he currently does not have a status uh, this year for the Masters, so he would need a victory. Dylan Fratelli at 8 under par, so Chappell, Kuchar, Fratelli, uh, they all need a victory to get in. J.J. Spawn at 7-under. Charles Howell the third at 7-under. Brendan Todd at 7-under also uh, would need the victory to get in. Gary Woodland at 7-under trying to regain his form since he won the U.S. Open a few years back. Lucas Glover, Glover at 7-under. Those two are in the field. And uh, but several guys, uh, Rory McIlroy did not make the cut here. A lot of people are looking at him to finally complete the career grand slam. But uh, he played the event the week before the Masters for the first time, trying to do something different to, to get over the hump and finally put that green jacket on, uh, kind of complete that for his career. But he did not make the cut. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, how he goes into Augusta. And uh, ESPN Plus with the early round coverage and uh, NBC uh, will pick this up a little later today. Uh, and, of course, the Encore on Golf Channel later on. So weekend coverage from there, the Valero Texas Open. Uh, winners who are not qualified will get into Augusta. But the major going on this week is down in California, Rancho Mirage, Mission Hills Country Club, now what is known as the Chevron Championship, used to be the ANA Inspiration. Before that, it was the Dinosaur Nabisco. Uh, Hanako Shibuno of Japan, uh, a beautiful 66 
on Friday to take the lead nine under par. They call her the smiling Cinderella out of Japan. Uh, just technically a rookie on the LPGA Tour. She had uh, played for a number of years on the uh, Japanese LPGA Tour, uh, won the 2019 AIG Women's Open, but elected not to take the LPGA Tour status there, wanted to play in uh, her home country. Annie Park, Patty Tavitanikit, and Jennifer Kupcho all one shot back. Uh, Annie Park, uh, who took some time off golf, was considering going and doing something else completely, but she uh, is back. And Jennifer Kupcho, who has been knocking on the door, looking for her first LPGA Tour victory of her career after winning the inaugural uh, Augusta Women's National Amateur four years ago. Uh, She's been right there. She had a 66 first-round co-lead, but had trouble. Uh, Only two birdies she 14 straight pars, I think, in her second round before she finally made a birdie and got it to eight under there. Uh, there, Nana Kurtz-Madsen uh, continues to play well after her first victory, tied with Ali Ewing at six under. Lexi Thompson, Celine Boutier at five under par. So a great leaderboard uh, for the LPGA event, and we will go there next. Uh, Amy Rogers going to join us. She is on the coverage for Golf Channel and NBC this weekend. Talk about uh, some of the youngsters uh, making names for themselves. Uh, Patty Tavitanikit is the defending champion. Uh, what she did, Tia Titical from uh, Thailand, got her first victory last week in a playoff. Uh, these young Thai golfers are starting to take things over, as well as uh, some thoughts on what this event has meant to the LPGA over the years and in if they're able to continue some of the traditions that they have started in maybe the most signature LPGA tour event that they have had uh, and continue to have on tour. So that coming up next, Bob Herrig, of course, at 830, his new book on Tiger and Phil. We're just getting going here. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Jason Swigard back here with you, 8.15 this morning. We'll talk to Bob Herrick coming up in about 15 minutes. His new book on Tiger and Phil uh, hitting bookshelves uh, everywhere. But for now, we are so pleased to have returning to the show, Amy Rogers. You see her on Golf Channel and uh, see her work all over GolfChannel.com. She's been covering the tour uh, since 2007 when she joined the production team. Uh, but so glad uh, you get to see her smiling face there now uh, on the course and interviewing players after their round. She is down at Mission Hills Country Club uh, for the final time. Uh, it, it's hard to believe anybody that's followed the tour for a while knows how important this event uh, now the Chevron Championship has been to the tour uh, and what Dinah Shore, who founded this and, and was really a proponent for professional women's golf when... Uh, Nobody gave it much of a thought uh, back in the 70s. But, Amy, thanks so much for joining us. And, and what's the mood there? I know we've been playing now. We're into the tournament, but they had a big champions dinner. Uh, a lot of former winners coming back this season to be a part of the event. I got to imagine it's uh, rather bittersweet there uh, walking inside the ropes. Yeah, you hit on the word bittersweet. It's the one that I've heard over and over from players uh, here this week about his final playing here at Mission Hills. I mean, so many of these players grew up dreaming of making that leap into Poppy's Pond, you know, after they saw Amy Alcott do it for the first time back in, in 1988. I actually saw Amy out here walking around earlier this week. She lives out here at Mission Hills and, and asked her, you know, what it feels like for her. And, and she said the same thing. You know, it's, it's really sad to be seeing this championship leaving after so many years and, and just losing that tradition. But, you know, a lot of the players see the flip side as well. I mean, it's a huge opportunity with Chevron coming on board and, and breathing new life into this championship. You know, they're increasing the purse from 3.1 to 5 million starting this year and then of course uh, you know we'll make the move to the Houston area next year don't know exactly where they're headed uh, that new venue hasn't been announced yet but when they made that announcement too they also established a, a committee to try and um, you know with the players to make sure they would you know keep some of the traditions alive so it'll be interesting to see how they're able to do that you know maybe the dinosaurs trophy will come along or the dinosaur statue on 18 green will make its way to, to Texas in some way. Who, who knows what they'll come up with. Well, I'm wondering if there's anything uh, planned, uh, you know, if all the former winners that are there might take one final dip in Poppy's pond after the uh, trophy <laughs> presentation here, how they might go about doing it or if uh, yeah, they'll try and have something similar at whatever course they pick in Houston. But uh, as for uh, the tournament itself, the leaderboard looks fantastic. Uh, you've got the defending champion, Patty Tanikit, just one shot out. Uh, Annie Park and Jennifer Kupcho have just unique stories of their own. And then Hanako Shibuno. I think uh, people that follow the tour will go, I've, I've heard that name before, but not somebody you see regularly. She decided after winning a major a couple of years ago to stay over and uh, play the, the Asian and Japanese tour. But is she uh, now maybe more likely to be a regular uh, a top leaderboards for the LPGA tour? 
Yeah, absolutely. This is the third major championship we're now seeing her in the mix. Um, you know, she had that breakthrough moment back in 2019 at Wilburn Golf Club. And when she made the trip from Japan, it was the first time she'd really ever played outside of the country. You know, she was just 19 years old when she won. And so when she earned membership to the LPGA Tour with her victory, as you mentioned, she chose not to take that up. I mean, she's still so young, really hadn't traveled the world yet. So she just wasn't ready to make that that leap yet. Uh, she did decide that she was more comfortable uh, last year went through the LPGA eight round gauntlet known as Q series to earn her her membership so she is a rookie this season on the LPGA tour but remarkably it's just her fourth start of the year uh, on the LPGA and here she is in the mix uh, trying to win her second major title well I think the name uh, that probably going to catch most people's eyes is Jennifer Cupcho as the uh, this year's edition of the Augusta Women's National Amateur going on. They remember her, Maria Fossi, that great duel in the inaugural event and wondering when she finally going to win an LPGA event, let alone a major. And she's put herself continually in contention. What's been missing for her to finally break through? Yeah, the biggest challenge for Jennifer Cupcho has been the mental side. And you'll see that, and she, she has owned that and talked openly about it, that she does tend to get a little angry on the golf course. And, and I asked her yesterday, you know, how are you managing those emotions out there? And, and for her, sometimes it is a bit of a club slam or just a, a reaction in that moment for her to be able to release that energy and to be able to move on. And, and she showed some good signs of managing that. You know, in the first round, she had a couple bogeys, uh, two on that back nine as she was coming in. And, uh, you know, she bounced back and, and she was in great spirits when she came off the golf course. So I think just continuing to put herself in those moments um, and learning to handle the pressure and the emotions is really going to be the key for Jennifer Cupcho getting over that hurdle and getting that first win on the LPGA Tour. But it somehow seems fitting, you know, that she would be here in that mix three years after winning uh, in Augusta. And that, that win is is perhaps how people most know uh, Jennifer Cupcho at this stage in her career. And, and as I've asked her about it over the years, she's really eager to kind of to shed that title. She's really looking to make her own way now in the professional ranks and to become known for something else. And uh, she really has an opportunity to do that and, and make a splash here if she can uh, continue to play well this weekend. Chatting here with Amy Rogers uh, from Golf Channel. She's down at uh, Mission Hills uh, for the uh, last time there. The Chevron Championship going on. Uh, Patty Tavitanikit, uh, the defending champion, right back in the mix. And uh, we see these, uh, you know, coming out of college. She played at UCLA, but uh, plays under the Thai flag. And, and we're seeing all these young Thai golfers with the Tia Titico last week uh, getting her victory in the in the playoff. Uh, and it all started with the Jatanagarn sisters. Uh, you know, they've been on tour and they have inspired this next generation. Just what is the state of all these Thai golfers? And is there more coming here in the next few years? Yeah, it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? What we've seen over the last few years, Aria Jatanagarn kind of carrying the flag uh, for, for Thailand and, and all these young players watching her and, and following her footsteps. Now, it's, it's not unlike what we saw, you know, years ago uh, in Korea with, with Seiri Pak kind of inspiring a nation there. And now Thailand has become, you know, kind of the next force uh, out here on, on the LPGA. And it's been uh, a pretty thrilling to see, as you mentioned, with uh, Ataya Titikun getting her win, uh, you know, last week. And it's remarkable. I mean, 
it, it seemed like a surprise to some because she's a rookie out here this season. But, you know, she started, you know, winning professional events when she was 14 years old, you know. So when these rookies are coming out now, you know, whether it's from Thailand or, or wherever in the world, you know, they're, they're no longer the, the rookies of old. You know, they've, they've already proved themselves on multiple stages winning all over the world uh, before they even come out here uh, on the LPGA. So, yeah, it's really exciting to see, um, you know, and, and, and you know, Patty here, you know, with an opportunity to do something that, that hasn't been done uh, since Annika Sorensen did it back in, you know, the early 2000s of winning back-to-back here. And it would be pretty huge uh, for Thailand, definitely, to uh, to have another major champion. The one name that's uh, missing from the field this week, unfortunately, Nelly Korda, who uh, was number two in the world to Jin Young-Ko, but uh, uh, an arm clot, she just, uh, or a, a blood clot in her arm discovered about a month ago. Uh, one, how much of a, I mean, anytime you talk blood clot, there's concern, but is this something that, uh, is going to take her away from the game for a while? Or is it just something she needs to go through a rehabilitation process and she should be out back on the tour here relatively soon? Yeah, it's scary stuff. <laughs> Anytime you hear the word blood clot, you know, I think there's definitely a concern there. Um, Nellie Corda's camp has been very quiet on providing any sort of updates on, uh, you know, how Nellie is doing and, and sort of what her return looks like. Uh, her father, Peter, is out here this week uh, with Nellie's sister, uh, Jessica, who is competing. And, and I had a chance to, to speak to Peter briefly and, and asked him just that and um, really didn't get much information, simply that, uh, you know, Nellie is following Dr orders. Um, so at this point, it's tough to get any updates on uh, on what's happening with Nellie Corda. But of course, we wish her all the best and, and hopefully a speedy recovery and that we'll see her, you know, back out here competing again soon. Yeah, we hope so. And Jessica, uh, nice second round. So she's four under. So if she's able to uh, put a round together today, could put herself right in contention along with Lexi Thompson. It's funny you talk about, um, you know, Patty Tavitanikit at Teotitical being so young. And then you think uh, Lexi Thompson, who's been, I think this is her 10th or 11th start at this event. Lydia Ko, mm-hmm. uh, who, and then you look at them and they're like, no, they're not 30 yet. They're still in their <laughs> mid 20s. Uh, <laughs> and I just wonder, are we seeing, were we seeing more of the young men that are starting to come up are going the college ranks? As the PGA Tour has put more mechanisms into place, like, hey, if you're great in college, we're going to get you right into PGA Canada, the Corn Ferry Tour, and give you a little uh, more stream so it's not just so random with Q School. Is the LPGA looking at possibly doing similar things there? Or are we going to see continue to see more decisions of, okay, if at 15, 16, we've got somebody that might be ready to compete, uh, just letting them go pro right away? Yeah, I think that's something that the LPGA tours, you know, continue to have to grapple with, with this question with the LPGA Q series. And, and so many of these college players go out there and then they have to make this decision. If they do earn membership, you know, do I go ahead and, and take it up immediately or do I defer and, um, you know, go ahead and go back and complete school before going out on the LPGA tour? And we saw that with, um, you know, Jennifer Cupchoa and Maria Fossey, probably most famously when, you know, they battled it out at Augusta a few years ago and then went on and, and joined the LPGA tour in the summer once they, they finished their their college years. But yeah, I mean to your point with the PGA tour, you know, to kind of set up this pipeline on that end um, to help college players make that transition as well. I haven't heard that the LPGA is considering anything like that just yet, but I think that, that following something in that model could be another viable option uh, for players 
to feel like they can still kind of go through the college ranks and that they don't have to make the choice. You know, they can do both. They can still, you know, play four years at a university and, and come out here. And I think that's the one thing a lot of these like older players that have been out here for a while have, have realized is, you know, I think so many of the young ones are just eager to get out here and to compete, but the tour is still going to be here. You know, you don't have to like rush. You can still have that college experience. And if you talk to a Michelle Wee or a Stacey Lewis who, who did go to college, they're so glad um, that they did have that experience and didn't uh, skip that just to get out here to the tour faster. Well, yeah, and the uh, the Epson tour now, uh, formerly the Symmetra tour, where we've seen a huge investment there. So the purses uh, for that, the feeder tour, uh, similar to what we're seeing on the Corn Ferry tour. So we're starting to see the investment going into uh, the next levels to try and uh, make it more conducive to allow players on those tours to be able to at least sustain themselves and be on those tours, not have to make those decisions of, do I have to take care of my family, support myself, mm-hmm. go do something else, or can I continue right. to chase this dream? So uh, hopefully that continues. Uh, one of the other announcements that came uh, this week, uh, Lorena Ochoa is going to be inducted into the LPGA Hall of Fame. Uh, and uh, it... it it's people go well. I thought she was. She won all the time there, but there was uh, some rules that need to be uh, readjusted to to allow her to come in. But it, it's hard to believe uh, that she has a, her career was just so dominant, but so brief, uh, and her impact on the game of golf. It's it's nice to hear her name coming around uh, again. Yeah, it was huge. She was here on site um, in recognition of the, that induction into the LPGA Hall of Fame this weekend. She is still a rock star out here. The minute she steps on site, people just start gravitating towards her because it's really rare that you see Lorena Ochoa out here anymore. You know, um, when she retired and went back to Mexico, she largely stepped away from the game. And as she said this week, she really hasn't um, followed it all too closely. So anytime you get to have that time with a legend like uh, Lorena Ochoa is pretty special. I got to interview her when she was inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame back in 2017 and then again this week as well. And she is just one of the kindest, most down-to-earth people that, that you will meet. Um, and it was definitely an honor. That was that was well-deserved and a long, long time in the making. I mean, this was you know, more than a decade in the making. She retired back in, in 2010. And as you mentioned, she played such a short uh, stint, such a short time on the LPGA, you know, retired after only eight seasons. So she came up short of that 10-year playing requirement in order to really qualify for the LPGA Hall of Fame, even though she had more than enough points um, to have a spot in the hall. You only need 27. She had 37 points. Um, so it was like she was somehow being, you know, penalized um, for just achieving what she did in such a, a short period of time. So the committee um, meeting and making the announcement that they were no longer going to have that that 10-year rule, uh, Beth Daniel, a Hall of Famer who's on that committee, said, you know, why should we be, you know, penalizing players? If you can get it done in less than 10 years, you know, more power yeah. to you. So uh, a recognition um, years, years in the making and, and really felt like the final missing piece of the puzzle for Lorena Ochoa. And she said that this week, it was just kind of a, a full circle moment to, to kind of put the, the final piece of her career in place. Amy Rogers, our guest here. She's getting ready to uh, be part of the Golf Channel coverage and NBC coverage today for third-round coverage of the Chevron Championship. All right, who are you keeping your eye on? Who do you expect to make a big move here and uh, be coming down Sunday uh, in contention here for this first major of the season? 
Yeah, my early pick for the week was was Lydia Ko. You know, it was hard to ignore what she did here last year with that, that final round 62. So, you know, she's she's a little back after some struggles, um, you know, yesterday. But, you know, she showed us in this final round uh, last year. She can, she can come from way behind to get it done. And, um, you know, she's won three times worldwide since that, that incredible final round here last year. So still going to be keeping an eye on Lydia Ko this weekend. Hopefully she'll make, be able to make a move. But um, definitely Patty Tabatanikit. And speaking with her this week, she has such a calm, um, such a um, uh, uh, comfort uh, being here and talking to her this week. She said it's really a feeling she's had since she won here, you know, and she just said there's something about this place. You know, she really hasn't done much since her victory here last year, but there's just certain courses that bring out players best. And, you know, with the good vibes and good energy she has also with having won here last year, um, I would not be surprised to see Patty Tabatan get once again atop this leaderboard come Sunday. Well, it's uh, it'll be a great, great watch here this weekend. And then uh, some uh, some bittersweet tears, I think, come Sunday mm-hmm. when uh, the winner mm-hmm. jumps into Poppy's Pond. Amy Rogers, uh, we look forward to your coverage all weekend long. Thank you so much for taking uh, a few minutes for us, and we hope to catch up with you as the season continues. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. There you go. Amy Rogers, uh, kind enough to take some minutes uh, for us. She'll be on the coverage today, Golf Channel and uh, NBC for the Chevron Championship. First major of the LPGA season, Hanako Shibuno, nine under par, a one-shot lead over Annie Park, Patty Tabatanikit, and Jennifer Kupcho. We'll take a quick break, make the tour, and when we come back, Bob Herrig, his new book on uh, Tiger and Phil, golf's most fascinating rivalry is out and available uh we'll get his thoughts on just the the two careers uh their intersections and running parallel what it's meant to the game of golf overall and when we might see either of them or both of them back on a, a pga tour course very soon we're making the turn it's golf in the northwest on 1080 the fan i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf. Every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 834 here this morning, Center and Saint following us, and then we'll turn it back over to ESPN Radio. They'll get you set for Final Four action from New Orleans uh, this evening. Uh, Kansas and Villanova first just after 3 o'clock, and then uh, or just before 6, it'll be uh, Duke and North Carolina. Uh, that's what's uh, coming at you today. But now, very pleased to have returning to the program uh, Bob Herrig, longtime golf rider, uh, spent time at the Tampa Bay Times ESPN, currently with SI.com, and has uh, published and released his first book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. 
Uh, glad to have Bob returning here this morning. And uh, <laughs> just how do you, there's been books written about Phil, about Tiger. And so deciding to do this, how did you go about deciding kind of the outline and the angle to approach putting this together? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate all that applause. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very nice. And, uh, I don't, you know, we'll see if there's the applause after people read it. But actually, it was just a, I, I just thought it was a project that had, had you know, a, a topic that had never really been explored, even though it was sort of, um, you know, kind of on our minds for a couple of decades as we followed these guys along. Um you know, they were they were sort of always there. They were the two constants, you know, for as for as long as, uh, you know, Tiger was number one in the world. You know, Phil was number two in the world for like 300 some weeks in his career. He never got to number one, but he was always that he was always number two to Tiger. And I just started poking around into you know, their history, and you see how often they converged, actually. You know, the day that Tiger um, won his third straight uh, U.S. US uh, Am at, at Pumpkin Ridge, uh, you know, third straight in 1996, on the same day, Phil won his ninth PGA Tour title, uh, holding off Greg Norman at the World Series of Golf in Akron. So, I mean, and then, you know, the next week, Tiger turns pro, and and the game was sort of turned upside down and, and it kind of went on from there. You know, Tiger has a great record, but Phil's is pretty darn good too. And, um, you know, it ended up being an interesting process all the way through to the end. And, you know, I wish I had more time because there's even more to talk about now <laughs> as, as, as it's, uh, as it's played out here this year already. Well, and I thought it was fascinating. It's mostly chronological as you've, you've structured the book, but you start uh, with the 2004 Ryder Cup when they were paired together by Hal Sutton. Why was it important to start the book with that, uh, that particular intersection of those two? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, actually, you know, I wrote an introduction, which I wasn't going to do. That came about after Tiger's car crash. Um, you know, I was heavily in the, in the throes of writing the book when that happened last February, and I was really thrown for a loss as to how to handle it. You know, like how do you? It was you can't not deal with this at this point. So I decided to write an introduction, which I wasn't going to do originally. I was just going to start with chapter one, uh, which is still the one about the 2004 Ryder Cup, and I just think it highlighted their tension, their rivalry, their sort of different paths, just to, I, I wanted to show right off the bat, you know, why this was a book, why this was a topic, because at that time, you know, Tiger had won eight majors. Phil had finally won his first, uh, at the, uh, 2004 masters and they were paired together at the Ryder cup in two matches on the same first day and they didn't perform very well. They got beat and it just sort of epitomized. I think their relationship back in those days, they, they weren't able to get over the fact that for a couple of days they needed to collaborate. And that was very difficult for them to do at that time, especially tiger. He was going to have a hard time you know, putting his arm around Phil and bringing him in 
and 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 helping him uh, or you know talking strategy. It just his mind did not work that way. He's like, this guy had a much better year in the majors than I did. He did. Phil won one and and contended in the others, and Tiger didn't contend in any in 04. It was a rare kind of off year for him at that time. And he didn't like the idea of still making up ground on him. And the last thing he was going to do was get chummy with him. And uh, so the whole thing kind of backfired, even though it still could have worked. Hal Sutton's been vilified for it, but he really shouldn't be. He just was a, uh, it was, it was just a a decision that didn't work out. And, uh, uh, and, and the record is there to show it. Bob Herrig, our guest, his book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, now available uh, on bookshelves, Amazon.com, and uh, anywhere else you uh, can pick up uh, uh, books. And I've uh, I, I've gone through some of it so far. I, I You know, sometimes you kind of scan things, but I'm reading everything. There's so much detail that you put into this going back to how both of them began their junior careers uh, the influences that they had uh, on them. And I'm curious, uh, you've been covering the game for so long. Was there anything that you went back and discovered that you absolutely didn't know or things that were of legend and lore that you discovered to be different once you started doing the investigation? I think um, the the main thing for me going all the way back is it was a reminder. I, I guess I sort of knew this, but didn't really think that closely about it. It was a reminder that Phil was Tiger before Tiger. And we all just kind of assume or take for granted the idea that Tiger's amateur career is one of the best ever, one of the best since Bobby Jones. Um, you know, and, and the record kind of bears that out. You know, Tiger won the three U.S. amateurs the biggest amateur tournament there is in the U.S., uh, won the three juniors before that. He won some other big amateur events like the Western Amateur. Uh, he won an NCAA title when he was at Stanford as an individual. Well, Phil also won a USAM. He won three NCAA titles. He won new, and it was fourth in his other one. So he wins it three times and finishes fourth and one. But the thing that kind of puts him ahead to me is he won a tour event as an amateur. The 1991 Tucson Open, Phil won on the PGA Tour when he was a junior in college. For everything that Tiger did, and as great as he was, he really did not perform all that well in pro events as an amateur. I mean, relatively speaking. He never contended. He, In fact, he never even finished in the top 20. His best was a tie for 22nd at the 96th British Open, which was his last um, pro event that he played as an amateur. And... You know, I mean, in looking back on that, it's kind of surprising because because Tiger came out blazing as a, as a, when he turned pro. You know, he took an event or two, and all of a sudden he was contending in everything. He won two of his first seven. He had two or three other top fives in his first seven starts. And, you know, Phil didn't get off to that fast of a start as a pro, and yet he had already won an event. He was a fully exempt player when he turned pro in 1992. He did not have to worry about qualifying for the PGA Tour because he was already qualified. So I think that was kind of a surprise to me. When you dig into the weeds, Phil was an unbelievable player as a kid. He learned, you know, one guy in there, I believe it was Chris Riley, said, you know, Phil got great at an early age of giving victory speeches because he won so much, <laughs> you know. And if you think about it, they, you know, these guys have been famous 
for the majority of their lives. I mean, going back to their early teens and for Tiger, maybe even longer. And I think, I think that one stands out the most to me. You could have made the argument that Phil was going to have the better pro career based on what he did as an amateur. Well, and then, uh, yeah, it shows kind of the frostiness. They, they were so ultra competitive. It manifested itself in different ways that we saw uh, on the course. Uh, Tiger with that steely-eyed determination. Uh, Phil would usually, he you know, the stories are legendary of practice rounds and, and fleecing guys for money on shots and, and the cockiness that he has. When was there something particular that you found putting the chronolog- uh, chronology together uh, when uh, the relationship started to unfrost a little bit and the, and they realized uh, that they probably understood each other better than any of their contemporaries? It was, there's no question that that started to occur, to occur after Tiger kept having the health issues that kept him from playing. When Tiger started having back problems and was sidelined so often and, and he had... Um, in 2015, in fact, going into the Masters, kind of what we're doing right now, we weren't sure if Tiger was going to play. You know, he had um, he had missed the Masters the year before because he had his first back surgery, and then he had a very shaky rest of the year with more back problems. And he came back in early 15, and he was very, very poor. He, had a, he withdrew from a tournament because his back was bothering him. He had incredible chipping problems that the tournament in Phoenix and he decided I'm going to shut it down for a while. Uh, like he needed to get his game together and we weren't even sure he was going to come back at the masters. And it was around that time that tiger later disclosed that Phil actually reached out for him and offered to help him with his chipping. They would have never done that 10 years before. In fact, it'd be, I'm sure that there was too much pride and there was too much stubbornness among both of them you know, Tiger probably would have loved to ask Phil about his chipping in a short game. Phil might have wanted to ask Tiger about controlling the ball better off the tee or, or you know, some aspect of his game that, that, that he could learn from, but they wouldn't do it. And guys do that all the time out here. You know, guys are always tinkering and searching and they're helping each other. And, and so, uh, but Tiger let out uh, that Phil actually reached out to me. He was really touched by that. And they were very collaborative on the Ryder Cup in 2016, the President's Cup in 2017. You know, Phil, Phil sounded like one of Tiger's biggest cheerleaders when he, when he won the Masters in 2019 and when he made his big comeback in 18. So they, that's, when it, that's during that time period is when it thawed. Now, I'm not convinced that it hasn't regressed again since then a little bit. Um, you know, this whole thing that's come up lately with – with, um, you know, the rival leagues and stuff. I mean, we know what kind of Phil stood on that and why he's sort of on the sabbatical right now um, and, 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 you know, the subject of a lot of controversy. You know, Tiger's clearly on the other side of that story. You know, he's, he, was, he very much sided with the PGA Tour. And so, you know, it's, it's possible that they're not, they're not exactly being too chummy right now, although I never really expected that they necessarily would be. Some of some of their some of that was was commercially motivated. You know, when they put together the match in Vegas, yeah, th- th- there was plans to do more of those, and there was really only one more that they did together, um, and that was for COVID relief. So that wasn't something they were going to cash in on. But there was a plan in place to do a bunch of those, and uh, you know, so they were 
<laughs> it, it, it was it was financially feasible for them to get along a little bit better at that time too. I don't think you can dismiss that. No, no. And then it'll be interesting to see. Uh, kind of two parts here. Which one do you think we'll see back on a PGA Tour event uh, before the other? I know. Uh, and, and I saw some of your tweets this morning. The interview schedule for the Masters is out, but there's a lot of holes in it. And so everybody's speculating. Are they waiting for Tiger? Um, and then, uh, you know, their, their stamp on golf as an industry, as a profession, as a professional sport, uh, is there much more left to be written for either one of them? Yeah, that's a good question first on who's going to be out first. I mean, you know, we're waiting here on Tiger. Um, and, you know, if look, if he plays this week, obviously he's first. He's first back, which is the most would be one of the most shocking things ever that he's not only that he's playing, that he's playing and Phil's not playing. You know, a month ago, six weeks ago, you nobody would have ever dreamed of that scenario. Um, but now if Tiger doesn't play this week, I don't know that I see him playing for a while. I just don't think he's coming back for a random tournament. I think this is a special case. He's trying to get ramped up for this. He knows he can take a bunch of time off after it. Um, cause I think everybody, even himself would agree that it seems too soon. You know, it just seems like he's not quite there yet physically. Um, is there more to be written? I mean, I tried to end the book, you know, saying if it's over, what a great ending, you know, Tiger wins the masters, Phil wins the PGA to become the oldest major champion. If that's all they ever do again, what, what, what amazing, conclusion but i sort of left the door open a crack that there could be more you know they're, they're certainly both if healthy capable of competing at the masters and 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 the british open you know it, the, the those tournaments lend themselves to crafty you know experienced players they both should be i don't know what phil where the, where the stands on with phil but they should, both should be future Ryder cup captains in theory they would assist each other in those you know, I mean, so I do think there's more for them. You know, it might not be winning majors necessarily or tournaments or a lot of them, but um, I, it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for either one of them to do it again. Well, it's certainly uh, going to be fascinating here to see uh, if and when either of them return to a uh, major competition. Bob Herrig, the book is Tiger and Phil, golf's most fascinating rivalry. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. I'm skipping around to chapters. I want to go back and sort of get through the whole thing, uh, pick it up, amazon.com, wherever you get, uh, uh, books. Thank you so much for taking some time. Best of luck with the book. And, uh, we look forward to follow, follow him on Twitter at Bob Herrig. Uh, he'll know uh, as soon as anybody what's going on with, uh, with tiger. And if he can uh, tee it up. I certainly hope so. It's uh, it's sort of consuming all of our lives at this time. So uh, we'll be glad to know the answer here soon, hopefully. There you go. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy uh, the Masters next week, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road. Sounds great. I appreciate you having me. There you go. Bob Herrig, again, at Bob Herrig, H-A-R-I-G on Twitter, the book. 
Tiger and Phil, golf's most fascinating rivalry. It's pretty fascinating stuff. It's very, very detailed. He obviously did a lot of work going back. Uh, so many uh, quotes and interviews with, uh, you know, caddies, uh, guys that came up in the junior ranks with family members. Uh, it's it's pretty fascinating how their uh, their two careers kind of weave back and forth uh, amongst one another. So we thank Bob for joining us there. Uh, let's take a quick break when we come back. Uh, let's take a quick peek at the Masters, maybe some odds that you're interested in, what to look for this weekend as we wrap things up here. Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Thanks again to Amy Rogers and Bob Herrick for uh, joining us here on this first Saturday of April. Center and Saint coming up following us. Uh, the Valero Texas Open round three getting underway. Ryan Palmer is your leader, but Maverick McNeely already going low. He's five under through 10 today, seven under three off the lead. Uh, a lot of guys. Uh, in that top 10, I think seven of the top 10 right now can only get into the Masters, get that last spot in the field if they win this tournament. Of course, uh, the LPGA, they will be teeing off the leaders a little later from uh, one starting about one o'clock. Uh, the uh, everybody within four shots of the lead will start teeing off for the Chevron Championship first major of the year. Hanako Shibuno starts the day in the lead minus nine. She's paired with Annie Park at eight under par. Defending champion Patty Tavitanikit and Jennifer Kupcho uh, in the second to last group at eight under should be a fun, fun watch. Uh, Golf Channel will have coverage there for you uh, beginning at uh, two o'clock and take it through uh, to 6 p.m. until the finish. So they'll be on Golf Channel. Uh, The uh, PGA Tour will be on NBC this afternoon. And so uh, you can go ahead and watch there. Of course, next week is the Masters. Right now, your betting favorite, John Rahm, plus 850, is the outright winner. Scotty Scheffler, after winning for the third time and jumping to the number one world ranking with that match play victory, he is at plus 1,200. Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith at plus 1,400. Uh, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson there at plus 1,600. Now, uh, and this, of course, is through uh, DraftKings uh, here in Oregon. So these are uh, available to you if you. Uh, look to go down that road I think the interesting bet right now you can triple up so you can take uh, three players and if any one of them wins you will cash the one that's got my attention Scotty Scheffler Dustin Johnson Jordan Spieth any one of those three win it pays at uh, plus 450 and Scheffler's just playing unbelievable golf right now three wins in a span of 42 days Uh, he's just so consistent and that was really if you saw any of the interviews with him what he is working on, uh, not trying to do 
the spectacular any any way, shape, or form. More taking a Tiger Woods approach to it is to take the risk out of it. Uh, he hits it as far as anybody, not named Bryson DeChambeau, but he's uh, being consistent, knowing fairways, working on his wedge game. Uh, the putter's starting to go for him. That consistency, Dustin Johnson getting to the semifinals, uh, that was starting to round his game into form. If he can get the putter hot, which is so important at Augusta, um, I, I, might, uh, I might be leaning to uh, put a couple shekels on that one. Uh, right there. As uh, for other winners, Rory McIlroy, everybody is is hoping to see him come in and finally get that career grand slam, but uh, for some reason, it's just not coming together. And for John Rahm, uh, just consistent there week in, week out. Uh, it's just a matter for him to make those uh, putts, keep those pars going, not to have the bogey or the double uh, and uh, he should be there. Should be a fascinating week next week. We'll be all over it for you next Saturday. Thanks again to Amy Rogers and to Bob Herrig for joining us here this morning. Hopefully you're getting out. The weather is starting to warm up. Courses uh, getting through their aeration process. Make sure you call and check to see uh, if they are being aerated. Um, sometimes they've got some specials for you as well uh, to get out there and play. For Will Darkens, I'm Jason Swaggart. I'll talk to you next Saturday. Hit him straight. You had him on Thursday on his knees. It's not right. like he's just sitting around sleeping all day. Everything's starting to just come left. Which five am I putting out right. to, to score? Trying to make things a little less... Penal, a hair half, half a ball, one ball short. Not making it so penal for players. Yeah, you're more suck your finger and stick it in the wind and see yeah, what's going. Exactly. <laughs> you know how easy I am. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fiji's uh, in Europe. Uh, oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install. No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.